Hey Internet, this is your boy DJ Ben Amin. On the special delivery episode of Fan Bros, we discussed a new episode of The Walking Dead entitled After. Plus, we break down True Detective's new episode, Who Goes There? And I make a case for why Shameless is the best show on TV. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. It goes fantastic on this special delivery episode nice. of Fan Bros. That's right, folks. Tonight we are talking about the two biggest shows in TV right now, The Walking Dead and True Detective. Kim Sonian, how'd you feel? Well, you know, I've been raving about True Detective. Uh, I was anticipating The Walking Dead return. This is season 4B. Basically, 4B. yeah, this yeah. is the second half of the fourth season. I was, you know, we left off where the prison was taken over. So I was definitely anticipating this. But off the bat, um, True Detective wins over Walking Dead in my book. Wow. But wow. I know it's right not it's bat. not a war, right? It's not we're not it's not a competition, but it's not it's not the internet. We're doing not doing the better than sign. Right. You know, right. it doesn't have to be true detective is better than the walking dead. But um in my opinion it is better than the walking dead. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep it real. <laughs> I mean so, well, well so so where are you at with, with Walking Dead? How how did you feel about the opening episode? Uh the opening episode which is titled After Right after, so I guess this is after the whole prison, you know, riot, or I mean, I guess it wasn't a riot. I guess it was a prison raid by the governor. I like the fact that right off the bat, they showed you, uh, okay, I guess I should stop right here and say spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen either the latest episode of The Walking Dead or True Detective on this special delivery. We will be discussing them both. And I like the fact that right off the bat, they showed you that the governor was shot dead in the head. Because a lot of people were still wondering during the little break or whatnot, was he, you know, dead? Was he going to come back? Would they see him again somehow? Did he not get shot? And then right off the bat, they show you hot one to the face. Right. And I just got to say, I'm so happy because I was really struggling with the governor having like a redemption and like coming back. I never got to really speak out on it on the on the previous special deliveries. And I just felt like I, I'm not that governor dude. And for me to see him again sleeping with all the women and getting this and that, I'm just finally <laughs> been so over, like, the governor. I'm so glad he's gone. So, um, But this was a really interesting episode. I really felt like, okay, now it's, you know, as they, they uh, presented Michonne in a completely different light, we got to see her backstory a lot more. And I really appreciated that. It's about time that we get to know who she really is. I know in the comics we get to know her pretty well, uh, but here on the series we're actually getting to know her backstory and really get into her head a little more. I really appreciate that. So, Yeah, I have to say, even like, I mean, for someone who reads every issue of the comics, this is probably the most that you've seen of Michonne's backstory. Like, they did a little special on her in the comics where they showed it off a little bit, but to really show her emotions behind everything, and I think they've added in the fact that they have a son together that her and her boyfriend had a son or a daughter together and so yeah that wasn't in the comic so that's like gonna i'm sure that'll be explored more 
as the season goes on. And that's something, you know, a little bit more of a wrinkle to it than before. Well, I dug the fact that they set up her family life and then, you know, as the as the actual episode progresses and her storyline in the episode, you know, she has this kind of crisis of consciousness and then her whole backstory serves to show how she chooses to stay kind of on a more, I guess, human path as opposed to being this kind of death dealer and like, you know, how do I survive? She, I think she goes from survival mode to a more human mode. And, uh, and I, I feel like we really turned a corner with her character, um, with this episode. And so her having a kid, it kind of seems like she's able to empathize a little more, um, than when we first met her a couple of seasons ago. And she's become much more of a character that can kind of relate to people as opposed to being this cold hearted killer or survival, you know, like, let me just kill everybody for the sake of just staying alive. So, um, yeah, no, definitely, because I feel you on that. It's like normally in the comic book, she's shown as this death-dealing killer, and there's not much relation to her other than her relation to the other characters. So it's not like you really get to know her until very much later on in the book. So so I think that's a good thing that they're, you know, early on in this giving you a lot more characterization or whatnot and showing you that she's more than just this, you know, chop everybody's heads off, even though... Speaking of chopping everybody's heads off, that's my biggest complaint about The Walking Dead still to this day is the fact that it's filled with gratuitous violence. Like, I feel like there's there was no need to show Herschel getting the, the sword to the face in the beginning of the episode. And there's so many people getting their head chopped off episode after episode. And this one was just, I mean, you know. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Okay. Going berserk. I got. I gotta. <laughs> I gotta kind of take umbrage there. I, I don't understand what you mean by the by ultra violence. You mean like human on zombie violence? Do you mean like what? What are you talking about in general? Because because zombie violence doesn't count. That's See, something- that's that's my problem right there. To say that zombie violence doesn't count just because it's zombie violence, it's still showing somebody getting their head chopped off. But zombies aren't somebody. You know what I mean? Like, like, ah, come on. It's the, the whole point is that zombies used to be somebody, and I mean, I'm, I, again, like, maybe in the comics it's a different thing, but for the TV show, clearly, even from day one, from episode one, they established that zombies are not who you think they are, who you thought they used to be. So you can you can kill your your ex-wife because she is a zombie now. Now you might have feelings <laughs> for that, right? And how many times have we seen people kill somebody they loved because they turned into a zombie? So I think you know, I I got to I got to kind of come at you a little bit about like the zombie violence versus human violence and I think the the I understand what you're saying about overkill, but the the shock of seeing Herschel's head in zombie form, you know, is kind of like we got to remind ourselves before the break what happened and then kind of like I'm putting a I'm really putting a stake literally, you know, in who Herschel was and we can't even be about that anymore. So, you know, I don't know. I think some of the stuff is a little more symbolic. It's pretty it's pretty. uh um, how should it's I a, it's say? A, it's a it's a lot out there, you know. I mean, it, it's a it's a lot, you know. That's what I'm saying. I understand what you're saying that you know. Okay, you got to put the stake in Herschel, 
and show it's all over, whatnot. But you didn't have to, like, my thing is, okay, you don't have to show it. You could just show Michonne putting her sword down. You don't have to show his head with the sword in it. You know, we already know his head is on the ground. We know Michonne standing above it. Put the sword down, keep it moving, net shot. Not, you know, Herschel's head with sword in it. But <laughs> I think I think you just gotta you're just queasy when you see that stuff. That's all. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's me. You know. <laughs> I think I think you might be a little sensitive to the stuff. But um, I feel you. I mean, you know. But it is The Walking Dead, man. I mean, they kind of pride themselves on squibs and fake blood and. How many yep. zombies can you slice in half? And and Michonne did go buck with like <laughs> she just like buck surrounded herself and like was chopping off heads like crazy. So um Michonne you know, with beast mode. Yeah, tonight. totally, like, totally. It was I thought, serious. I thought that was uh, actually a nice a nice shot there, um, how they treated her. But again, I think so so we had this whole situation with Michonne, but honestly, what they brought back, which got me so heated, was instead of it being called after, the episode being called after, it really should have been called Carl is back to being a dick because <laughs> really they brought back the Carl that I used to scream when Shane was around in like season three and or season two. I forget where. It, anyway, but Carl, man, it, I mean, the fact that he doesn't trust his dad and he's so myopic and like thinks he can do everything on his own. And I was just screaming at the TV again. And on top of that, Carl is, like, super grown, man. I know these kid actors, they, like, grow up. But this dude, I think he grew up dumb fast in between, <laughs> in between like, Carl's, both seasons. Carl's looking like Harry Potter in, like, I'm, movie six right now. Exactly. <laughs> and his voice is deepening. It's like, this ain't the same Carl, you know. Carl's but, uh, voice is cracking like Michael Jackson's, like, you know, <laughs> middle records right now. It's, <laughs> it's crazy, it's, man. I was like, wait, what? That's him? Like, he looks like a little hipster Williamsburg dude now. And he's like... <laughs> You know, got the low jeans, and he's got like the he got the saggy jeans, and then the forty five. He's like he's trying to be all tough and cool, and and like a random ass hat, you know, for no reason. It's just Definitely. like yo, man. So yeah, man, I was hating on dude. You know, most of the episode, I got it. I got what they were trying to do. You know, Rick was obviously banged up from his fight with the governor, and Carl had to like turn it into. You know, it's kind of like uh, when Wolverine goes on his own for those like. That, that one White Queen episode where he had to infiltrate the Hellfire Club and it's the first time that I saw Wolverine act on his own kind of thing and I felt like, okay, let's give Carl his own episode. He's got his own mission. How does he handle himself? And lo and behold, comes back full circle, recognizes that his dad is actually way more important yep. to him than what it was before or what he thought he was before. And I was just straight yelling at the screen like, this is that. It's, it really does go back into horror movie mode when you're just sitting in the theater just yelling at the screen, man. So they do a good job of that. And, you know, Greg Nicotero directed this. And, you know, for all the fans out there, Nicotero is like a legend in the horror community. Uh, makeup, special effects. This guy's done he's, amazing work. And I mean, he's he, done the special effects from day one. And he's directed a few episodes. So this is yeah. a good He's yeah, also an executive executive producer, and and I mean, but just in the horror community in general, he's been around for ages, and yeah. he can he can he can make you, you know, yell at the screen. I don't know. He's always getting me to do that. So, um, like, yo, why are you doing that? Why come on, you know, and all this, and don't shoot, yeah. you, don't shoot your gun if you only got three bullets. You know, it's just like the yeah. classic horror movie stuff. I appreciate. There was definitely that. a lot of classic horror movie stuff joints in this uh, episode, like when Carl was in the house by himself and he right. almost gets ate. 
Right, right. You're like, but, duh. You're like, you know, yeah, stupid. Why are you opening the door? Exactly. You know? Oh, you know. Anyway. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, th- they this done. episode, I wasn't as mad as pro- at Carl as you were. I thought that, you know, he was, you know, it's like Carl has to have his acting out moments, and this was his acting out episode. So, you know. Yeah, I hope it's the last one, man, because to be honest, how many times has he got to rebel against his dad? He already did it before. He's like bringing uh, up Shane's name again. He's like, remember Shane? It's like, shut up, you little dick. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Remember Shane? You remember how good yeah. he was? He taught wow, me that. That was like a low blow. Like, kick your dad in the nuts real quick, Carl. And, like, come on, man. Anyway, he was already beat down so bad. You know, Rick is doing his best. Yeah, and, talking uh, about kicking a man when he's down. Totally. And then, uh, you know, they still are wondering whether or not the the sister, you know, uh, Judith is the baby, basically. What happened? You know, we never saw really what happened. Last we saw was that bloody um, baby uh, seat. So we don't know exactly if she's been taken or if she's dead or they're assuming she's dead, though. So we'll see what happens with that. Um it's another thing Rick has to deal with, the loss of his other child, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. You know, it does, it's still not fully established if Judith is dead. I seriously doubt they're just going to kill her off off screen like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, speaking of Carl and his side missions, um, that's one of my biggest problems with tonight's episode of True Detective. All right. You got to. Yeah, you got to elaborate on this because I thought that this was an amazing episode. Of- yeah. Yeah. I know you're going to have a problem with me consoning it on this one, but I have to say that I thought that um, Cole's whole off, you know, running off with the biker gang and doing this, you know, hit on the black drug dealers, whatnot, was just like, it felt like a side mission of Grand Theft Auto. Like when you're doing, Uh. you're playing, you're playing Grand Theft Auto and you're working towards the ending and right at the end, you know, your cousin calls you and you got to go out and throw darts with him or some nonsense. Nah, okay. Let me, uh, all right. I, 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 I kind of can see that. So there's a couple of things going on on why the side mission is so important, right? So, <laughs> But it is a side mission. Actually, it's not a side mission. What's funny about it is that it's not a side mission. What it is is they're trying to get b- closer to Ledoux, right? Reggie Ledoux, yep. who apparently they think is the killer, Everything points to this guy, Ledoux. What we do know is that previously, Matthew McConaughey worked narcotics, and he was undercover for four years. And and in the episode, even Woody Harrelson's character, Marty, is like, you're not supposed to do more than 11 months. You went in, right? So then so we're learning more about how deep Matthew McConaughey went in his past to get the results he needs to get. So, actually, it's not so much a side mission as it is following up on a lead on how to get the information that he needs to get. What makes it a side mission is that once they connect with this biker gang, they have to... Well, Matthew McConaughey basically has to prove that he's still down. So, you see him preparing. You see him walking Woody Harrelson through this whole kind of, uh, uh, this is what I'm going to do, blah, blah, blah. And then you see him like pricking himself with with the needle, making him look like he, he, he was on drugs still and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And so essentially, I felt like it wasn't so much a, a side mission. It's it's really trying to get them closer to where they need to go. 
what I loved about it was that it was all Matthew McConaughey and not so much Marty. Like it was it was really Cole's character that was leading the charge. And that was something that I, I really liked. Um, and actually, I got to say, man, I was on the edge of my seat during that whole thing. I don't know what it is, but uh, I was really kind of like when they went into the hood. <laughs> which oh, no, 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 no. OK, like, let me say this, though. Like, as much as I didn't like the side mission you know, aspect of it, once they got into the side mission, the actual like camera work and whatnot of the final scene was some of the best I've seen on TV in a long time. I mean, and that's saying something because True Detective stays with amazing camera work. But they had a couple of long shots. Yeah, you noticed that too, right? Oh, man, that was amazing. Like when they followed a gangster into the house and everybody's loading up the guns and then they run out the back door. Yeah. And Cole is still right there on the side and he just walked past him walking, you know, and through the alley. It was amazing. It was was amazing. And and, uh, just a shout out to all you fan bros out there, all you real cinephiles. um, Reminded me of Children of Men by Quaron, the guy who did Gravity. Last summer, mm. if you guys want to Netflix Children of Men, there or you can actually there's a Vimeo of long takes that he did, uninterrupted shots, and if you want to see some really incredibly choreographed long takes of action, like shootings and and car chases and stuff, you guys gotta Google uh, uh, Children of Men um, stuff. Anyway, this reminded me of that, but uh, for television, it's kind of unheard of, and and I was just really really like enthralled. I was just like, wow, I'm in it. And um, I wasn't, you know, I, I was just engulfed. So, um, you know, I'm so the side mission didn't take you out of it, basically. No, not at all. I was. Yeah. It, it, again, like I said, it wasn't so much a side mission to me. What did what I kind of was rolling my eyes about was uh, Marty's whole storyline being blown up, his spot being blown up uh, with his wife and his side piece and how she called his wife. No, came uh, to the house. Oh, right, right, right. Came to the house. Right, 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 right. Yeah. She showed up. That's right. That's right. She showed up, blew up his entire spot. I, I felt like it was a little too much of, um, I mean, I guess it needed to happen because they kind of hinted at it before saying that he had gotten divorced or something. But I don't know. I felt like uh, I'm, I'm watching uh, Marty's uh, Marty lose everything he has. And I, I'm, I wasn't real. It's not as interesting to me. His character development is not as interesting to me unless it has to do with the case. And somehow, somehow I like when he's being relegated to the back seat. And maybe that's what needed to happen for him to take a back seat. Because up until this point, he's kind of been like shitting on Matthew McConaughey's character and like cock blocking him and oh, just all sorts of dumb shit. Like, let my man flow. And even in this episode, when dude, when Matthew McConaughey, when Cole's character was was with the the um, the Iron, I forget the the name of the biker gang, but when he was hanging out with them, and you know he goes into the when uh, Woody Harrelson's character goes into the club and tries to get in, I'm like, I'm still I'm yelling at the screen again, like yo, what are you doing, man? Let him do his job. Yeah, I, I can I can feel you there, but I I really think that the thing is most of the case has moved forward because of Cole's moves. Like, Cole moved the case uh, forward in the last episode, and he really, you know, obviously moved it forward with this episode. So it's really not that. I, I think Woody does, I don't, I mean, he does, you know, you know, cut down on Cole, you know, and give him a lot of sly shots. But Cole's been proven that he's, you know, capable on his own. And I like Woody's character development as much as, you know, 
listeners of the show know I'm a big fan of Cole. He had another couple of great lines in this episode. But, yeah, but I still think that Woody gets some of the best lines and some of the best character development alongside Cole. I mean, alongside Matthew McConaughey. I, you know, is Marty. I, I, I got to give it to you because you, you pointed out a couple of things to me that I wasn't really kind of sensitive to and uh, about how Marty is is uh, holds everything, you know, in. And so his his dichotomies and all the things that he hides from people, that's that's yep. a, of course, that's going to blow up at some point. You know, it's got to mm-hmm. blow up at some point. The thing is, you know, Matthew McConaughey's character is so on the surface with his issues and all that stuff. The only clue that that I can get is them in the present day when they're being interrogated. And it seems like, you know, uh, Marty's back to covering up all this shit. And and Matthew McConaughey just went off the deep end and they tried to, you know, pull him back. But, you know, with the long hair and the mustache and stuff. But uh, that said, um, you know, because you told me I'm kind of a little more sensitive to Marty's plight. But. You know, I you know the whole home front being ruined and all that that's that that kind of stuff. I've seen it before in other shows. As that's not that interesting to me. Um, although it's I could feel that you know it's still interesting enough to keep the story going. I don't hate on it, but it's just I don't like it as much as I like where where Matthew McConaughey's character goes and and the case. I just love how they're how they're trying to solve this case. It's great. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, the one last thing I have to say about it is, like, I feel you on, you know, everything with, you know, uh, Marty's character. But I still think that it's good that Marty's character is, you know, being developed on his own. And one thing I really peeped in this episode about Cole is that he is uh, consummate. Is that, did I get that right? <laughs> yeah. Consummate? The consummate. Yeah. A, yeah, a consummate liar. Like, Ooh. Cole is a habitual liar line stepper when it comes to lying yes like yes he is out oh man cole will lie to any and everyone without a second thought so that really makes me take into mind all his earlier statements which i really love you know but like throughout the whole show he's making all these statements and all these proclamations basically about life and love and the universe and everything in general but then at the same time he is this habitual liar so, you know, it really calls into question everything he said up to this point. So, which is a really interesting thing because this is the first time since watching the show that I'm like, wait a second, who am I really trusting now? So it, mm-hmm. it vacillates. Like, I'm looking at Matthew McConaughey like, yo, I love what he's about. I love how he rolls. I'm looking at, at, at you know, um, uh, Woody Harrison's character like, oh, man, I can't stand this guy. And now I'm thinking like, well, if Matthew McConaughey lies so much, wait a second, you know, yep. what's real? Is this all a put on? Is he is whose chain is he really yanking? You know, so mm-hmm. that's why I got to stick with the show and, and, and see what's happening. Um, there's a great interview with the director, uh, Corey Fukunaga and Forbes. So, fan bros, if you're really into the show like I am, check it out. He talks about working with the actors and. They actually started casting in uh, January 2012. They've been working on the show for two years, and they're just mm. finishing the last episode now. So, wow. Um, anyway, it's been a long journey, but he's he's really happy. And uh, uh, yeah, man, um, I'm I'm still a fan. This the show is not going anywhere anytime soon. You know, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of uh, 
you know, losing any traction. So, um, so far, so good. Yep. So three more episodes. Uh, Walking Dead has just started up its season, so we'll be covering that. You know, as always, it's been Fan Bros Special Delivery with your boy DJ Ben Amin. You can check us out at fanbros.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Like us on Facebook. All that good stuff. We'll be bringing you more special deliveries covering The Walking Dead, True Detective's last three episodes, and, of course, Game of Thrones, everything else once it returns, you know, whatever. Real Housewives of Atlanta? Nah, man, but one of these days I'm going to spend a whole episode talking about Shameless. That's my word. And that's going to be you by yourself. And this is your boy DJ Ben Amin alongside my co-host Tim Sonian. And thanks for listening, fan bros. We'll be right back here with another episode of Special Delivery. I did not say next week. Yeah. Do it again. But that works. No, I'll just leave it like oh, okay. that. And, you know, yeah. Fan bros! Fan bros!